Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce and Joyce. We have so much to talk about, including new categories that we can predict. Crafts category. I just did them this morning, so I don't even know what I did. So exciting. So so we're going to talk about that. We can talk about Causeway, which I saw and loved. We could talk about the Avatar trailer and Fablemans and all kinds of stuff. But let's start with the the crafts categories, Joyce. You can predict these right now in our prediction center. Uh, the first one up is cinematography on my list. How about yours? Um, yes, this one. I well, what what did you put in? Well, I have Top Gun Maverick at the top, winning. Then the Fablemans, Empire of Light, our boy uh, Roger Deakins. Babylon, Sight Unseen, and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Those are my five. Interesting. So mine are The Fablemans, Empire of Light, uh, Bardo, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Emancipation. Wow. (laughs) I'm getting it 100 to 1. Robert Richardson. Let's what? do it. I don't know. I just what you it. do. <laughs> uh, that's insane. I love it so much. Thank you for doing it. This is a legitimate laugh and great. And I hope it happens. Uh, just remarkable. Uh, so the ones we have. So you don't. You have Fablemans and Empire of Light. Those are the only two we match on. You don't have Top Gun. No, I didn't. I considered Top Gun, but then I went Emancipation, and I also went All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a very pretty movie. So All Quiet on the Western Front and in our odds, the way it looks right now is Fableman's Top Gun, Babylon, Avatar in fourth, Empire of Light in fifth, All Quiet on the Western Front in sixth, Everything Everywhere seventh, Banshees eight, Bardo nine, and the Batman 10. Now I almost had Bardo in and then I took it out for Everything Everywhere. And the reason I took it out was just because I think, while I'm going to say this, uh, this is not a knock on everything everywhere, but I would say the cinematography is not something I was really remar- was I found remarkable compared to something like Bardo, where the tech achievement in Bardo is like off the charts. But because everything everywhere is such a more beloved movie, I felt like it will get in here. So that was my pick. Uh, Empire of Light, we both have Deacons, love it. He the really I think this is a movie uh, that we have not talked about a lot, and maybe we'll talk about later, Joyce, because I have a, a listener question to pass along. Uh, at the end here about eol about empire of light wow. but uh incredible crafts beautiful crafts and uh deacon's cinematography is really good 
Um, and Babylon, you have Babylon or no? Um, I do not have Babylon. We haven't seen that yet. We're seeing it next week. Normally, I like to like not put well, stuff in. Two, I, weeks. two weeks. Yes, two a weeks. fortnight. <laughs> It's only the second. Wow. Okay. Uh, and normally I don't like to put stuff I haven't seen, but I was like Babylon, Linus Sandgren, sure. And then uh, neither one of us have Avatar. Is that right? Um, no, I considered Avatar as well. So Avatar was a nominee, I, I believe, here in 2010. Um, yes, it was the first one. Um, a, a different DP, though, I believe. Yeah. So we had an Avatar trailer today, Joyce. We'll talk about that later. Uh, which all I also have not watched yet so you can tell me all about it I will, it. I'll tell you all about it All Quiet on the Western Front, Give me so that's on Netflix right now you can watch it, people seem to like it German film, I believe yeah, but also there's some English in it yes, yeah. um, and as we know the OG one, won Best Picture back in the day, Yes. almost 100 years ago <laughs> Yes. Yeah. so we're back again um, anything else you thought of? what about Banshees? I mean, I would love it, but I did not seriously think about it for here. I, I thought about um the Batman um, and, and Elvis. Uh, I thought of Batman also. I love the Batman. It's actually a great movie that has super held up for me um, throughout the year. So I would, I would love to see. I also it. thought about Batman for another category later on too. I'll tell you one I really would love to see that I don't think will happen is uh, Nope, Hoyta von Hodema. The, the cinematography is awesome and especially because so much of it takes place at night and i think uh he he really does a great job there but uh, i did not put it in either and we'll see these will change a million times between now and next week probably but i have uh, top gun winning because oh well, yeah and then we also we know we have obviously waiting for guild yes awards to remember when asc nominated chirk i can how can you forget chirk the great Love cherry Turk. yeah uh newton thomas siegel Never forget. Uh, best costume design, Joyce. Next up, I'll give you mine. Uh, pretty chalk almost. I have Black Panther Wakanda Forever winning. Ruth Carter won for this in uh, 2019. And I think she might win again in 2023. Uh, the Woman King, I have next. Great costumes. Elvis. Babylon. And then I put Till in, which I thought were beautiful costumes. Left out the Fablemans. Um, I also have Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, I have Babylon, Elvis, The Woman King, and I do have The Fablemans. Nice. So we, we, you have, I took Till and you took Fablemans. That, that's pretty chalk, I feel like. Yeah, I also, I also uh, considered Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Mm -hmm. um, and also Living by uh, the great Sandy Powell. Incredible costumes and in living and one of the uh, standouts of the movie, I think. And I could see her getting in because it's Sandy Powell. Yes. Uh, be curious to see what here falls out. The top five in our odds are Black Panther, Elvis, Babylon, Woman King, Fablemans, then Till, Everything Everywhere, Corsage, Living, and The Northman. The Northman. Wow. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard uh, that one in a while. Yeah. It's on Peacock um, right now. You can watch it. Yeah. I, so... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I, I just put in Fablemans. Just I mean, it is a period piece. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and like, yeah, lovely costumes in there. Um, and Woman King, I just personally kind of loved. <laughs> I think they're really great, actually, the Woman King costumes. And there's a lot of intricate detail on them that I loved. Mm -hmm. I thought they like were really cool. Elvis, I feel like, is just a home run. All the costumes are really great. They do great, uh, great work in that movie. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, and Babylon. You have Babylon, right? I have Babylon. So I took Till because while I think The Veilman is obviously his best picture frontrunner and its costumes are great, I, I think the Till costumes are more forward-facing in the movie than the Fableman's costumes, that they're like more attention-grabbing, let's say? Uh, well, definitely in the Chicago parts. So that's yeah. what I'm thinking. And that's why I was like, it is really great. Just, and I, I mean, think it's it, just, it's brighter, but that's also the aesthetic of yeah. the film. And it's not, that's not the aesthetic of the Fableman. So it's no. just like whatever you prefer, I guess. Um, but like, I, I would say they're both period accurate. Yes. And I think, you know, for Till, at least, you know, a lot of um, the costumes, they had to recreate from real life image images yes. of Mamie Till, obviously. So there's that element to it. Um, whereas like with Family Man's, it's, you know, a lot of interior moments of the family. Right. So, um, but they, they change, I would say there are more costumes in the Fablemans, especially when you see like the, the home movies that Sammy Fableman films. Yes. So it's just like, there's a more, more quantity there. That's true. I would say the other thing with costumes sometimes I think, and this is another reason why I picked Till, is sometimes just one image or dress or action can like be enough to get you nominated. And I think the yellow dress- You mean like the wears, trash dress in Cruella last yes. year? Yes. And I think the, the yellow dress that Daniel Deadweiler wears in this, uh, I think as she's sending Emmett off, is like incredibly memorable. They've used it all the marketing. And I feel like that alone could get uh, this a nomination, basically. There's nothing as comparable to that in the Fablemans, as far as I can tell. No, but it's also, again, I think that's just, like, I wouldn't say it's the same as the trash dress because the trash dress was like a trash dress. Right. You know? It's just like, I think that's just a memorable still from the movie. Right. But I think that sometimes is enough. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that's costume choice. Editing, you're going to love this one. I came up with this one on a plane recently. Uh, the winning winning best editing is Elvis. Okay. Uh, so I have Elvis in. I have Top Gun Maverick. I have The Fablemans. I have She Said, and I have Glass Onion. Those are my five. Wow. Um, I have Top Gun Maverick, The Fablemans, Everything Everywhere, Avatar, and Babylon. So I left out Everything Everywhere, Babylon, and Avatar. All incredibly long movies that I think will get dinged for a variety of reasons. Avatar, and 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 it could be, we haven't seen Avatar, we haven't seen Babylon. So I might be coming back here in two weeks or three weeks and being like- You're gonna immediately become obsessed with Babylon. We know Obviously, that. I'm gonna love it. But I'm just saying, like, I could see even something like Wolf of Wall Street or, you know, like, sometimes these movies are too long. That's the, the knock, right? And they could get in, but I don't think they're gonna win. Uh, but the thing is, it's like, no, me, you know, you know, I love like a 90 minute movie. Like, I don't mind long movies as long as it makes sense for the film, the story, the telling, and then the right. pacing is good. Because Fablemans so, is also long. It's over two and a half hours. And I did not feel that length at all. No, the Fablemans pacing is incredible. That's actually what I went with here. So I have She Said in here because I think She Said is one of the most well watchable movies of the year. And I think it is a good best picture contender. And I just feel like people will really appreciate the pacing of that movie. And Glass Onion, I haven't seen yet either, but I'm assuming it will be similar. It's another long movie, but I think based on the original movie, 
I think that would be good. Elvis Joyce, I actually think he can win this category. Not even as laughably like Bohemian Rhapsody. No, I, I thought about Elvis. I just didn't put it in. There, The scene in Elvis when, and I, again, recently, I was on a plane recently, Joyce. And uh, you know what people love watching on planes at this month? Elvis. Every screen had Elvis on, at least on my United flight. Uh, and I got to see it over people's shoulders and all these different things. The scene where uh, Elvis first gets up on stage and is like, gyrating and the way it's cut together so everyone it, it, I, I don't know if you watched this yet but there's an incredible scene where like uh elvis is doing his thing and like every woman in the audience is spontaneously like erupting up out of their seats and it is cut together so well and it's so much fun and just absolutely unhinged that while i think the movie like a lot of these other movies is incredibly long and drags out uh that is just an unimpeachably great scene. And I think that alone can get it to win. So that's why. Yeah, I like I, I thought about it because also you have to remember that they do love a good musical number. Yes. And there's a lot I remember of Remember Tick, Tick, Boom? Yep. So I left out everything everywhere, even though it's second in our odds. I just think that movie doesn't, is, it's a little long. It just, I think when you're sitting there watching it, even if you love it, you're like, this is kind of dragging a little bit sometimes. No, I don't I know if that matters. like that, um, like, I I would say like it would be more if it gets in it'll be like they just like really love the movie correct so that's why I put it in for cinematography and maybe I should just put it in for editing for the same reason but, but like I'm- yeah I think like I put it in here over cinematography um because I feel like they might just think like they would reward like the juggling of like the universes you know certainly and I could see that happening very easily, but for now I'm sticking with these five and uh, Top Gun and Fable. I think Top Gun will get a lot of craft nominations as you can see here. Uh, very excited for that. Uh, and Fableman's I think could be a strong contender to win here. Cause like you said, A, it moves like lightning, even though it's two hours and 40 minutes. And it's another opportunity, perhaps one of the last ones to honor Michael Kahn, right? Again, so that could be good too. And I think Sarah Brochard. Who's really snubbed last year. Right, isn't it Sarah Brochard who does it with him? Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, Um, just great stuff. And I know team editings maybe are not always as likable as single editors, but maybe they'll make an exception, I don't know. Um, I think Ford versus Ferrari had two editors. That's true, that's true. That's also, they love car crashes. They love explosions and cars. Which there are actually in Fablements, at least from a train, train crash. Uh, production design joins another great category. I have uh, Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, The Fablemans, and I put White Noise in because you know what's great? White Noise. I don't think it'll happen, but man, at this point, I'm just putting the movies I really love, the production design. The production design in White Noise is incredible. So that's why I have it in. It is. And also a lot of sets. A lot there. of sets. The supermarket is great. Yeah. So that's my five. Um, I have Fablemans, Black Panther, Elvis. Babylon and Avatar and this is where I also consider the Batman great production design on Batman I I really love the Batman Joyce uh no surprise probably and there are so many elements of the movie that I really loved and they could all have been referenced here you like production design I think you're right score I don't have it in spoiler alert we'll do that next but I think I can get in for score or be considered costumes for sure cinematography all of those elements are really great and I feel like maybe back in March, uh, we were thinking about, or like at least contemplating it as a possibility, but maybe because of Top Gun kind of taking up all the oxygen at, in the early part of the year, uh, it has now kind of disappeared, I feel like, Batman, from that conversation. Well, you know, um, three actors from the Batman could still get Oscar nominations, just yeah. not for the Batman. That's right. 
So you have Colin, Paul, and who else? Barry. Oh, right. Of course. I forgot Barry How was in it. forget so Barry? <laughs> he's the Joker. How can you forget Barry? I believe um, he's credited as like an inmate. Yes. Uh, I think yeah. Arcan, Arcan mm-hmm. Asylum inmate or something. White Noise Joyce, like we said, the, the uh, production, I, I just love it. There, uh, People haven't seen it yet. It comes out, I think, on Netflix in December. Uh, but we saw it at New York Film Festival. The supermarket stuff that they recreate is just incredible. There's so much great detail and so much great 80s detail in that movie. I just found it unbelievable. It's one of those movies where you read that it costs like $150 million. Then you're like, yeah, I could see that all up on screen. They definitely did not uh, waste a lot of their money for that movie. Um, yeah, I think it comes out December 30th on Netflix. You know? it, does, it, yeah. it has like the the Lost Daughter slot, like yes. the, last, the last drop, final drop of the year. Right. Um, so we'll see. It's still, it's a, you know, no pun intended. It's not really making a lot of noise right now. Yeah, I got that. So I saw yeah. you going there and I liked it. I know. Yeah. Uh, um, so another one I considered here was uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I believe that's the full title. So uh, they're really pushing that Netflix. That's coming out, I think, in December. And they're going for like, I saw somebody tweeting about this, that the ads are about best picture, not even best animated feature. You know, they know those like last three slots are open. I've heard really good things about it. I've not seen it yet, but uh, like I know it's screened, I think, at London. And just in general, talking to people, people are, uh, the response has been very strong. It seems like another great Guillermo del Toro movie. Obviously saw last year when he had Nightmare Alley, a uh, late entry into the awards race, still got a best picture nomination, so... Yeah, can't count them out i mean i still think they're biased against animation but those last three spots are are pretty open um yeah so those i don't know what else did i and then yeah avatar um, i guess my problem my question with avatar and this i had with cinematography and here in production design and while i understand it was nominated in these categories previously is the original movie had a lot seemingly a lot more uh scenes with people and there's more sets. And this new one is seemingly all about the Navi and on their water planet or whatever on, on Pandora. And I wonder, while obviously they did a lot of like, there are, act, it's like motion capture and all these different things. Will there be like a ding because it's so much CGI? I have no idea. I know there was so much CGI in the original, but I just felt like because there were scenes of like Stephen Lang or like, you know, uh, Sam Worthington as like a human being, that they are less, perhaps, there was less of a maybe perceived bias against it. I have no idea, though. You were going to just choose the other water worlds in Black Panther? Well, Black Panther, there's at least sets and people walking around. I don't think there are in Avatar yet, but we haven't seen it, so I don't know. It also but, you know, all the actors in Avatar, they learn how to hold their breath. They did. For a very, very long time, so... I read that and I was like, wow, that is a really long time. I think they said Kate Winslet can hold her breath for like eight minutes. Is that right, Joyce? It's seven. So she has a record, which she has talked about a lot. Like even last year when she was doing all her Mayor of Easttown promo. So can't wait for this press tour. I'll tell you what, she should. That's pretty impressive. She could talk about it a lot. Yeah. And like Sigourney Weaver was jealous because she could only do like six and a half, I think yeah. they said. Yeah. So. Uh, here now, Joyce, next score. I have to say, we love the scores. This is one of the most competitive categories, I would say, based on what I've seen and heard in like a long time. I could go like legitimately 20 different movies I could pick here, honestly. Like they're all really- I feel like a lot of the scores I like will not get nominated, which is usually the case for me and my faves for not just this category, but like all Oscar categories. You want to do uh, 
we'll do our picks and then do some we would like to see actually i'm i kind of did both i split the baby here a little bit so i have fableman's winning john williams uh, final final score final score just going off in the sunset i have uh black panther wakanda forever which won here in, in 2019 i have she said for nikki Bertel. hell yeah i have babylon sight unseen uh and i have women talking uh for hilder and i left off so many that i loved but those are my five okay so i have the fablemans empire of light was on my list but didn't put it in women talking banshees and nishiran and guillermo del toro's pinocchio wow so you got a display in there for pinocchio you got uh carter burwell for banshees and reznor and ross for uh bones and all i mean uh for, bones and for all, empire of light <laughs> so bones and all i was actually going to put them in for bones and all because that i score is unbelievably good so uh, you know like what really hurt me um i i don't have tar anywhere in in these categories at least and i uh considered hilder for tar too because she did both uh tar and woman talking but i feel like so she is eligible for tar they claim <laughs> i don't uh, but like she's like the the music she composed for tar is just lydia's compositions and or like and like you know the piece that she's trying to compose during the movie so it's not there's not really a score in tar no, if you haven't no. seen it yet um and i would say the music in woman talking is also minimalist too like it, it doesn't come in a lot it's not like till where the music is all over the place and swelling all the time um but it it is a like I it it has a more um, memorable score than Tar because like yes. it plays for a lengthy period of time towards the end too, yes. so I think you can easily pinpoint that score in Women Talking than you can in Tar, even though that is literally about composing. Exactly right. Uh, one of the things that really shocked me when I went into Tar and watching it was that there is not a lot of music, like original Which score. It also but. makes sense because she's like you know, rehearsing doing, for a Mahler's uh, Fifth right. Symphony. So like, that's not an original composition. And then Correct. she's just trying to write for the other half of the movie. Uh, so let's see, Banshees you have, absolutely love the Carter Burwell Banshees score. It's unbelievably good. And I would love to see it get in. Again, I just had a tough time finding room for it because I got to keep Bertel in there for She Said. Uh, Pinocchio haven't seen, Tar like we just discussed. So Empire of Light, love the score. It's Reznor and Ross doing something a little bit unexpected for them impersonating thomas newman perhaps like a like a thomas newman score for uh sam mendes uh beautiful score and one of the elements of the movie i think is really great i didn't put them in because i think you'll have as many people liking the bones and all score which is very much in their gone girl wheelhouse and is so memorable as well and fits the movie so well that both of those i think would be really worthy terrence blanchard for the woman king i absolutely love that score it's really great i thought about that yeah i love that score too like when i was watching the woman king i was like this is a great score and i would nominate it so good uh and i feel like he's like in the club now yes because he finally got in um for black Klansmen. and you know? this is very much yeah and then they like, nominated him for the five bloods <laughs> and it is spike adjacent i feel like in the tone like i think basically gina prince Blythe would maybe was like i know she's like i just think definitely was like intentionally chose Terrence Blanchard for it to give it that kind of like sound the spike sound a little mm -hmm. uh the Batman score is Michael Giacchino absolutely awesome score 
way of avatar way of water i think was nominated here for sure in in 2010 right um yeah james horner um r.i.p right so i think it's a contender even though we don't know uh white noise i would say for original song maybe not everything everywhere honestly i can't remember the score very well but um yeah i cannot say i seriously consider that (laughs) and then two i did consider but are far down top gun and nope nope is a great score it's very loud in the movie and very forward in the movie and then uh top gun maverick Hans zimmer just rolling in with like a bunch of collaborators doing it i don't think it'll get in you mentioned till i really love the living score i thought it was just beautiful i didn't know the composer at all and uh, i think she's done a, a decent amount but just really good score mm-hmm. uh, um look it up so i could give this person credit yeah so i i didn't put in our guy nicholas Bertel because i don't think he'll win anyway if he gets in um so, so I i'd think... rather him not pad his nomination numbers okay. just to lose um but like uh, yeah i don't know I, I i can see him not being part of like she said's hall so I thought maybe not. I'm going to keep him in though, obviously. The reason, I think the, the score is very prominently factoring in the movie. So I think you yeah. notice it. Maybe that's a downgrade for some people. Um, the living composer is Emily uh, uh, Levian's Farouk, a French pianist and composer based in London who worked on the score for Rocks, Joyce. Remember that last year or yes. two years ago? Um, just a gorgeous score in Living. I really love that. Living is a movie uh, you saw recently. And I saw back at Telluride that I just loved. And I really want to cry. Convince, I cried so much. It was like truly Is weeping. Is this the movie the you've cried the most at this year? This year for sure was living. I just found the ending really beautiful and like so sweet and uh, sad. I did not cry, so. Not surprised. <laughs> uh, and I left the movie and I was like, man, this could really be a stealth best picture contender because I think you can make the case that it could get adapted screenplay nomination because uh, it's based on Akiru from uh, Kurosawa. It could get costume design and score possibly and bill nye and then maybe it gets a nomination for best picture too i didn't i have not done that but i think there's a world where that could happen if it, it would really need to be it's it's spc um i think they could get bill the nomination because we know what they do right um i think i only have it in for actor and adapted right now. same I only, I only have it in there too yeah, but like i think it might be like maybe a little like too quiet i don't know um yeah so, but yeah, the score there is beautiful. Um, it's great. I, I didn't put in Ludwig for Black Panther because so, they're not really into sequels unless you're John Williams. So that's true. And that seemingly is like a knock on it. That said, uh, based on all the early response, people are like, it's definitely a level up, it sounds like. Now, again, it might not matter. Who knows if the actual content matters sometimes? But I mean, like if he does like level up and there are a lot of emotional moments in the movie that are going to make people cry, then it might kind of resonate more and maybe it gets in. So I'll see. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what else was there. That's um, a lot. We've talked about a ton of scores. I know. Like it's, it's, but Hans also, he did the sun too, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, and then Pinocchio, you had, like we said, and haven't heard it yet, but Desplat. Hard to beat, bet against him. Yes um so yeah like I think 
remember uh, Midnight Sky? He did that too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, sometimes like, I think he kind of depends on the strength of the movie. So, but, you know, I have, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I had Pinocchio winning animated feature. So even if it doesn't make it into best picture, I think that could help him, you know, carry water. Certainly. Uh, you'll be shocked to know I also have winning animated features. That's next. We could go there, Joyce. For animated feature, I have Pinocchio winning. I have a uh, Turning Red as a nominee. Strange World. This is this year's Encanto, at least in release date strategy, because it comes out in uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, the movie Luck from Apple, a little fraught, but I think popular because it's on Apple. And then something called My Father's Dragon, which I believe is on Netflix. Um, I have Pinocchio, Turning Red, Strange World, My Father's Dragon, and Wendell and Wild. So I thought of Wendell and Wild. It came out, I think, last week on Netflix. I'm not sure if it, I don't know, Henry Selleck and Jordan Peele production, Henry Selleck directing. Yeah, Henry Selleck directing, and now a lot of pickup about his comments being like, everyone thinks Tim Burton directed Nightmare Before Christmas. And they do. It's true. It's He's true because wrong. it's, it's you know, they it's called, like the title is Tim Burton's right. Nightmare Before Christmas. But. Uh, I put luck in because it seems like, I don't know, I could see getting a little renewed bounce from Apple. And I know it's like not a bad movie. It's kind of a cute premise. And it's like an old school animated movie here that could get in. Um, Wendell and Wild, I could see getting in. Neither one of us have Marcel the Shell with shoes on. I watched that again recently. Yeah, I totally, don't know. Um, totally fine movie. Uh, I just think I would be kind of surprised if it got in. It's actually fourth in our odds, though, which I think is more indicative of people online liking it. Yeah, it's a very um, internet friendly film. I mean, for all we know, like something like the bad guys could get in here. <laughs> like I have. Um, I can see like Puss in Boots getting in, like the first one got in. Uh, not mentioned here, we did not mention uh, the movie Lightyear, which was not very well received and seemingly I mean, pushed out by turning red. <laughs> but that, you know, they they dropped that. I was on Disney Plus like the other day and I was like, oh yeah, because it recommended Lightyear to me. And I was like, I completely forgot about this movie. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. I saw it with my daughter. We she, not, not a fan, Joyce, I would say. Uh, She's and... not a fan of the movie. No. Is she a Toy Story? She enjoys Toy Story yeah. and she wasn't a fan of the movie. She was actually kind of bored. But then we were in a Toy Store the other day and she was like, oh, Lightyear Toys. She was excited to see Lightyear Toys. Well, so like the brand is strong. Like Buzz Lightyear. Right. The brand is strong. But yeah. uh, I mean, just to be clear, it's not about Buzz Lightyear the toy. It's about not the man. The man the toy is based on. Correct. So, yeah. Uh, so that's it. Those are the extra categories, Joyce. Congratulations to us. Uh, so Based on this, did you change any of your like predict like when you get to see it in print, the other categories? Did you change any of your predictions in best picture then? In in best picture, um, so the only thing I did today was I dropped mm -hmm. she said for Avatar. And wow. it's not even because of the trailer, because I haven't even watched the trailer. But I don't know. I just kind of I feel like in the what two weeks since she said premiered, I feel like um it it's just like the the noise around it has been kind of muted too. Like obviously it can pick up again because it's gonna open in two weeks. Um, so yeah, but I, I don't know. I think you might be right. I still have it in. I'm still very bullish on the movie because I love it. Um, I was looking at this and like looking at the way we did these predictions, like the rest of those extra categories and then just the general like public response. How safe is Tar as a Best Picture nominee? Why did you drop it? 
I didn't drop it, but I don't have Todd Field in getting in for director because I think that Martin McDonough, I think there's a set four basically at this point for director, which is Spielberg, the Daniels, Sarah Polly, and Damien Chazelle, sight unseen. And I guess he could fall off. And then I have Martin McDonough. I I don't know. Is Todd like I don't have it in for director? I mean, I can see Todd not getting into director. I think Tar is fine for picture. Like, I don't think it's winning best picture. And I don't think the conversation has ever really been about Tar winning best picture, you know? No, not winning, but I'm like, is it even I I I think the consensus is that it's like a no-brainer for a nomination, but I'm almost almost like, is it actually safe? Like I had a regular pal who saw it, Joyce, just a real life human being. And he was like, what the hell, basically? Okay, well, so I went to the dentist on Saturday and my dentist saw Tar and he loved it. And then he asked me if Kate Blanchett has an EGOT like Lydia Tar. And I was like, oh, nice. No. And he was like, she should. Now, Kate is unimpeachable. Even my friend who was not hot on the movie was like, great. I think she is like an absolute lock, obviously, for nomination and, and again, probably to win. I don't know about the, I'm just like, there is like Richard Brody obviously went viral for like trashing it, but I don't think that sentiment was necessary. No, rare. because as we've already said, legendary contrarian. A legendary contrarian, but I don't think that sentiment is necessarily rare among especially older people, it seems. But like Maybe. the thing is, it's like, it doesn't need to have like, to to just get in, especially how we've always talked about like those last three slots are pretty open like it doesn't need like everyone to be in love with it you know it right it definitely has its passionate supporters so I think I have it in like fifth or sixth in my I room. have it in eighth now so but <laughs> the thing is it's like so it went um, in wider release not like totally wide like tilted um but it was in more theaters over the weekend and I think like the response has been or at least like online like most people do like and especially Kate's performance you know and you know obviously there was that that whole uh cut story with the writer who thought Lydia Tarr was real yes um that's so- when SEO goes wrong Joyce clearly the pitch was is Lydia Tarr real that's a good google term it is because that's something that people will definitely Google. Like, but then you write it the way it was presented, perhaps a little. I also don't understand. Like maybe this is just me, but like I have never gone into a movie completely blind, like not even knowing anything about it. Like at least like read a logline. Like I like to have as much information about a movie as I can before I go into. I certainly no spoil. Like I understand people are uh, spoiler phobic, but, but you I can was at like, least just like read like the Wikipedia page, and you could see that it's a fictional story. The only time I've ever seen something even a little bit cold is like at a mo- at a film festival, and even then you kind of like. No, like I know, like who who's making it? Who's you still in know it, who's in? Like the right. logline, right? Yeah, like Women Talking was a good example. Like no trailer or nothing, but I knew the one still. I knew who was in it. I knew what it was about. Got it. Like yeah. I get it. Like, I just don't understand that concept of just not knowing anything. Like going what if it was just a bit, Joyce, for the sake of clicks? It was a bit. You know, I want to go viral, you yeah. know, so. Okay. Um, but I don't know. What were you talking about? Oh, yeah, Tar. I think, like, yeah, like, I don't, like, remember people, I think, I mean, I still think people are still doing this, like, making this comparison to Spencer. It is not, like, Spencer. Like, I think Spencer is a lot more alienating. I like, car is not Spencer. alienating. It is actually pretty accessible. I definitely think Spencer was more alienating. I don't think that's a great comp. And Tar is actually like entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's like a lot of the comments, you know, over the weekend, like it's funny, you know, like it's funny. I think but- the the issue, quote unquote, as a word with Tar is that as we've discussed like weeks ago when we were talking <laughs> about the actual movie, 
it like like one of the things I love about it is like it doesn't really give you it doesn't handhold you it doesn't give no. you any answers it doesn't tell you how to judge Lydia Tarr right um again it doesn't mean the movie doesn't have morals but it doesn't tell you anything like how to feel about her it leaves the judgment up to you and I think a lot of general people do not like that they like to be spoon-fed exactly and so that's why I'm looking at it now and I'm like is like if it didn't get nominated for best picture, I would not, I guess I would not be shocked. I could see, I don't know if it'll, I think it'll have some strong passionate support. And I think she will obviously have a lot of support, but I think I could easily see people being like, I'm much more infatuated with something like the whale perhaps because I cried watching it. We still have not seen the whale, you and I. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's, um, that is definitely more emotional. Or something like Avatar, <laughs> which is like a big spectacle than Tar. And maybe she said doesn't get in either. And I'm like, you guys are probably watching this and be like, Chris, you're a moron because she said has no shot either. But I'm like, I could see Tar not, I, especially once I was like filling out the other categories in our predictions, just like, I don't have it getting in. Like we said, I just don't have it getting in in a lot of these places because while everything I think is really remarkable, I love the cinematography. I think the editing is actually really creative and great. And it is another movie that even though it's very long, uh, doesn't drag like certain other movies might. Um, I don't know. I just don't have it getting in in these places. Like realistically of the ones that we just did, like there's still other categories with uh, short lists. Sure. Um, like it could, it could get into sound. The sound design is gorgeous i think um, picture director would be a possibility for sure like I don't and, have like the thing is is like the ceiling for this movie is not incredibly high in the first place right you know so it's like i guess like of these i don't know i guess like maybe score i'm like editing maybe but, editing and maybe cinematography um mm, i don't know it's tough, uh, right? like the like, costumes i don't think they'll go I mean, contemporary yeah. <laughs> wardrobe has a tough time in general right, right um so yeah like it's not like a movie that is going to get 10 nominations you know so so that's why i'm like maybe it's tough beat i don't know i mean i also know like some people aren't even predicting it for screenplay you know <laughs> Right. And I could, I think I have it in for screenplay, but I definitely could see myself pushing it out as like just more, you know, like one of the things we, I think we saw that like, I, I'll keep going back to Coda, but I'm just like, sometimes people just like what they like. And I think if there are other movies they like more than Tar, which is possible, uh, they'll just pick those instead, you know, like that's it. Yeah. But I think like it's like the discussion, I think the conversation around the movie is is fine like it's not like no one is thinking it's gonna win best picture it'll win like best picture like critics awards you know right i, I i'm not, it's not I like, like a movie. power of the dog when everyone's like power of the dog is winning best picture no no it's not like power of the dog and i'd like the movie and all these different things i'm just saying like looking at it this week i was just like huh because i had that very i had it tar very high i had it in top five for like a long time yeah but again like, like the ceiling for its nominations is not incredibly high right. so right. it's like it it can still get into best i think like because now it's a hard 10, we're going to see a lot more films with just a lower nomination hall because of, you know, some years, maybe like this one, we'll see, like, it's just a struggle to reach to 10, you know, so you'll probably have a lot more um, movies now that will get into best picture and maybe just one other nomination. Very likely, you know, so I don't think it's like a demerit to tar Mm -hmm. if like it makes it into best picture and it doesn't 
get anything below the line you know like all its other nominations are above the line right and like I think that's fine and again like we're not really seriously talking about it as a best picture winner no. so it's just like in it it'll get the nomination and it'll be fine it might be in like you know the bottom five range <laughs> in the end so who knows right, right. uh Joyce wanted to talk about a movie coming out this week you watched it last week uh Causeway um yes great movie loved it and and you had uh low expectations for this movie so I had great expectations for it in at, at Toronto and I think I was first to talk about it with you and I had them but in. also not really because um, I don't live under a rock and I know the conversation about the film and you were not googling I saw, it, I saw it before you did you were not googling is Causeway real uh no, I was not no uh, um, although stories similar to that are real so, uh, but like you you had low expectations I had lower right? expectations I told you that it was a great and then you're like oh really <laughs> and then I saw it and I was like wow it's great it's absolutely great I loved it I just loved it it's one of my favorite I love it it's actually one of my faves of the year yes. and I saw it again because we actually got the screener yes so I saw it again over the weekend um, you, you're able to watch this if you're a regular person watching this on, on Apple, Apple this Friday November 4th yes yeah. Uh, I would highly recommend doing so. It's a 90 yeah, And it's movie. only 92 minutes. So in and out. Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry are in it. It's about a woman who goes through a traumatic experience in Afghanistan and uh, comes home with, uh, recovers and comes home to put her life back together and kind of like heal, strikes up a friendship with a local mechanic played by Brian Tyree Henry. And this is in New Orleans, Joyce. Mm-hmm. The Big Easy. Yes, The Big Easy. And it's just like a, a lovely, quiet, little film I, and I, you said really this and I elevated think... by the performances they're so good in it, it um and I really want to put them both in but I did not I did not I, put, I put it them, anywhere <laughs> I did put them both in of course uh, I loved it so much I'll tell you what but I when think it, like I'm sure everyone is shocked that you immediately put in people from a movie you recently watched that you liked <laughs> obviously uh I really loved it I I don't know so <laughs> I'll say this uh it's a re- it's a definitely a return to form for Jennifer Lawrence, I would say. Who had so been this is, like, um, I love that she's out of her David O. Russell era because I am not the biggest fan of uh, his uh, his uh, 2010s uh, output, like sure. those types of films. And I feel like her uh, talents were underused slash misused under him. And this is definitely a return to like her Winter's Bone um indie form if you're into that type of j-law which i am um and is yeah she's he's really great in this um and just incredible chemistry with brian and i feel like it's weird talk like it's one of these movies that i'm like i wonder how it's a weird movie because not a weird movie but it's like it's such a small movie and i say this not as a pejorative but i'm like i you went i went back and looked at a lot of the tiff reviews and it's like Almost everyone liked it. It has like three, three and a half stars on Letterboxd or whatever. But I just feel like when you're seeing like a hundred movies, it's hard to be like, and coming out of like something like Fableman's and Glass Onion, or you're just going to be super hyped about like how cool it was or whatever. And then you see something like this, that it's like very, very meticulous and specific, but not slow. Like I was not bored at all. It's just like, like you said, it's just like two people talking is most of the movie. Uh, I just wonder if people, like, if you hype it up too much, are people going to be like, eh, whatever. But it's really, really good. It's just so, the performances are incredible. She's unbelievably good. I don't think I've liked her as much in anything since, I don't even know. I, I Like, I do like those David O. Russell movies, 
but I would say like silver after silver linings for her, the returns were slightly diminishing. Well, yes, because now um, you know, uh the, the all the pickups today on Wednesday, as we're recording this, is about how Adele told her she should not have done passengers. Well, yeah, her overall career certainly like a lot of a lot uh, of lot yeah, of and like, then she's not... obviously talked about like how she took a break. So uh, I will say I really loved her in Don't Look Up. I think she's actually quite good in that. And it's like a fun performance. And like, she does get to the humanity of that character. But this is just really incredible. I just found everything in this so good. And I found like a lot of the, from an awardsy Beatty standpoint, like a lot of the recovery stuff in the beginning, there's like a like a prologue basically with Jane uh, Hudishal, uh from- um, Great supporting turns by Jane, um, Lena Emond, uh, uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson. Really great. Um, and also a great, just one scene appearance by Russell Harvard. It's him and J-Law. Really moving. That part was really, I think that scene is like, that for me for her was like, oh, like this is like next level performance. And that was when I was like, I'm actually putting her in. Did you cry? I did cry. It's just really emotional. It's just like a really great scene. It's everything in it is so well written. I it is. Like- and it's also like, it's not, how do I describe this? It's like, it just, it doesn't really telegraph anything even though you kind of know what's gonna happen you could kind of like foresee the ending but like that scene with her and Russell like it just kind of comes out of nowhere sort of and then like the way it plays out like it just it just like it doesn't feel the need to give you a lot of um uh setup and uh, and I know I think we talked about this because like she had a, a Vogue cover um two months ago um and in that because they started filming this in 2019 and obviously did incorporate with COVID Mm -hmm. and everything and then like when they returned they were just doing a lot of workshopping and a lot of the scenes between her and Brian were improvised too um so I also like I want to know like which scenes were improvised too but like I think uh and they also said like they shot was in that story I don't know somewhere maybe in some other interview I read like they shot uh flashbacks of her um in Afghanistan but they're not in the movie which I think is the correct choice same uh it it doesn't need you don't need to and honestly it actually makes I was thinking that too there's a great scene uh so like you mentioned like great these great supporting performances small like just like one or two scenes so Stephen uh McKinley Henderson uh is their doctor and so he asked her to basically describe what happened to her for her injury and her recounting that is so horrifying (laughs) I just was like wow it's like really it's so much more powerful hearing her talk about it. Yeah, and, and then you can envision it yourself. There's a lot of uh, retelling of stories in this movie. Uh, and so while she's incredible, and I have her in, I know it's a tough road because Best Actress is so competitive and like there are incredibly big baby performances like we've talked about. Uh, and basically, I think the set four that I have that you probably have too are Kate uh, Blanchett, Daniel Deadweiler, Michelle Yeoh, Michelle Williams. And then that fifth spot, I've had Viola Davis now I switched out for Jennifer Lawrence. I do think people like Jennifer Lawrence and obviously like she'll, she's got an interview with Kyle Buchanan today in the New York times. Like she's going to be promoting and people like having her back. They did last year for don't look up. Viola, I think has a different narrative as well because she like produced woman King and is like such a physically demanding role and all these different things. And then you have like someone like Olivia Coleman or Anna DeHarmis even, I don't even know if that's still like a real thing, but there's a lot of competition there for, for best actress but i'm just like man it's tough to beat this performance she might not have like the role like the big loud role but it's like this is an incredible performance and i think if people do watch it and like we said like if she could win one thing 
or get recognized in one spot, then all of a sudden maybe people take note and like it kind of builds momentum. I don't think she would ever win, but to get a comeback nomination here for her, come back in quotes, because it's like she's still one of the most famous people in the world, uh, would be really remarkable. So I do hope she gets in and I will keep, I mean, I, I hope she gets into, but I just didn't, you know, like it, it's, it's just a very small movie. And I think I said this previously, like, it feels like it should have premiered at Sundance, whether earlier this year or next year, you know, it just I, feels like that type of movie and it needs kind of that um, long runway to build up the momentum. It, it could. Yeah. And like living would be a great example. I think it's yeah, like, a, not, Sundance. like that was a Sundance movie that's slowly building up, but even living, like we were just talking about tough it's Sony classics that we're going to rely on them and trust them to get it in, in different categories, but it is a tough, tough to get people to remember certain things. I don't know. I don't even know. We'll see. And I mean, Apple, yeah, obviously I think like, you know, Brian, he got, as we discussed last week, he got in at Gotham in the, the, the solo gender neutral supporting category. She didn't. Um, so I think if it were the movie were to break in somehow, like he's probably their best, chance and i think he would really need to hit everything and even so, then i'm not even confident he could be a lone nominee <laughs> i have him in too and i just again incredible performance uh brian tyra henry is an actor who we just love uh i love him so much i think he's just so versatile and great and he was so good in like we talked about i think last week beale street i think was like a one scene just incredible performance and like i was like wishing it got nominated even though i didn't think it would for him um i would love to see him get in here i think he takes a character that could be really cliched and like not work and makes it incredibly work and like he is so good from his first scene with her uh that he just like it feels like she immediately like i said i think the beginning is great and like there's a lot of good stuff but once he comes in it almost feels like she's like oh shit i gotta actually elevate what i'm doing to match him i felt like it just is like they're so good together and they think they bring out the best in each other and well that's why i want to know like what was Im improvised and like what wasn't even included in the movie <laughs> i mean i feel like a lot of there's a lot of scenes where it's like like here are certain things where i was just like oh uh at, like here's a great not a spoiler i don't think you could spoil this movie but at one point she needs to go to her doctor and her mother flakes and so she calls uh brian tyree henry's character to take her and they go before they go to the doctor he's like we have time to get some ice from like slush like snow cones basically and snowballs and they go and do that and the scene is great and it's just is like yeah. just, just them like hanging them out chatting um on a bench yeah <laughs> just so. them hanging out on a bench it's, and i'm like I mean, again uh, it's just a lot of talking it's just that's what i was like watching it. i was like oh Women that's the talking, scene that and could have easily added <laughs> so uh yeah he's absolutely wonderful so i put i did put him in uh i feel like supporting actor while we said tough for a lone nominee supporting actor is so uh fluid this year that i think it could actually do that and i'm not convinced in some of these other contenders like i'm still not sold on ben wish off Wait, so of who did talking. you drop to put him in i put i dropped eddie redmayne r.i.p for me but uh, the good nurse is number one on netflix great great performance love eddie redmayne i just think and it's against type so obviously people would like that but i think brian tyree henry again if people watch it it's just going to be undeniable and he does feel like an actor who has been you've been waiting to make good with as a nominee and i think this is a great opportunity to do so and, you know, we'll see. I kept Barry in, obviously, Barry Keoghan for, for Banshees. Um, yeah, I didn't do anything to any of the acting categories. <laughs> so, I mean, I will say, like, 
it's not gonna it wouldn't happen but for like i, I look at I, I personally look at original screenplay as like having openings and it, i i i because it's a, as this it feels like six films fighting for five slots <laughs> right so i'm like maybe you could get in there though i don't think like would. the movie would have to be really really big i feel like it just feels like small and i think i i do have living in um adapted because that's a lot a little bit more open and um you know it's adapted by uh uh ishiguro so i also think that to, to knock my own comment here on causeway i think if a small movie was going to get in for original screenplay it'd be something like after sun which i think could have like a big uh well of support rather than like causeway but I'm just I mean, Anderson give it definitely has more support on film <clears throat> than Causeway does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I just loved it so much. If you're watching this and are like, oh, I got to watch something this weekend, please watch it. It's really good, Causeway. Yeah, and, and again, just 90 minutes. So and then it, predict it's Jennifer half Lawrence. of Babylon. And then predict Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, you can watch Causeway twice in the amount of time you can watch Avatar and Babylon. Yeah. Uh, Joyce, the Avatar trailer. Watch it. Tell me week. about it because I haven't watched it. Well, I'll tell you what. If you like the Navi, I got the good news for you. They're Do all over it. I don't know. Do you remember who they are? They're the blue guys. I know who they are. I, I've only seen Avatar once and that was 13 years ago. Uh, so they released a new trailer for Avatar. The first one was more of a teaser. If you remember, I watched it before seeing Doctor Strange. They did a screening. Yeah, of they the did a, a special uh, a trailer premiere an hour before the Doctor Strange screening and you actually went to it. I did not. I did. I got to watch it twice. And this was funny. You know, how else funny? are you going to fill up those 60 minutes? You know what else was funny about it, Joyce, is it leaked online in the week, day before. So I got to watch it like in a German dub on a Twitter video. And then it was like, I'll oh, still go to the screening. It's fine. Uh, so anyway, yeah, new Avatar trailer. A lot of action. Still have no idea really what it's about. It looks like it picks up after 10 years after the events of the first movie or so. Uh, you get a little bit of a Sigourney Weaver is voicing, is back this time. Her character died in the original, I believe, and is now back as a, a teenager. Sure. Uh, look cool. There's a shot. There's a free willy shot, Joyce, of a w- giant whale creature jumping over the boat. Is it actually free willy? Do you think? Mm, Thirty no, years it looks later, it's like a Navi Pandora e <laughs> whale. Um, but anyway, Avatar is going to be really big, Joyce. I don't know. I, I, the trailer is cool. Like I'm still in. I guess there's like two. I feel like the 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 Twitter is broken down to to polarized camps, as you might imagine on Twitter. And it's either this movie is going to be the greatest movie of all time. Never doubt James Cameron or nobody gives a shit about Avatar ever. And doesn't matter, even though it's the most popular movie of all time based on box office. So uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm like excited to see it. I trust James Cameron, but I've never yeah, been the I'm biggest Avatar fan. agnostic about yeah. Avatar. I feel neither here nor there. So I'm not invested in one way or the other whether I wanted to succeed and win 10 Oscars or right. to flop completely. Um, but um, yeah, I just, I put it in to Best Picture um, because I feel like, I don't know, I put it in over Black Panther even though that has been seen actually. And uh, I'm seeing it next week. So I, I can add my take on it after that. But I feel like Avatar has a better uh, shot of getting into Best Picture than Black Panther of those two upcoming sequels. I I kind of agree. I guess the reason is just because I still think there's a bias against Marvel and against sequels in general. And Avatar, while also a sequel, it's got the sheen of like, well, we respect this kind of thing rather than Black Panther, which felt like 
you know, it's a first. But I mean, the first Black Panther was also a, a, a cultural moment. Right. Too. And right. I also felt yeah. like, because you know how usually when there is a Marvel movie coming out and then all of like the social media reactions immediately after the embargo lifts is like, this is the greatest Marvel movie since the last movie, you know? And I feel like even... Um, like for Wakanda Forever, like I, I feel like even though the reactions were mostly positive, I don't think anything was like really negative. It was still kind of restrained. Um, so that's why I actually think it's going to be great is because uh, I think it's, it, I, my tea leave read on that was uh, it's probably more challenging than like, you know, the bozo crowd being like, this is the Thor, Thor 4 is the greatest Marvel movie of all time. And I like Thor 4, but come on. Uh, and so the fact that it maybe has more to say than just like a traditional one makes it seem more challenging. But then like some of the explanations as it were was just like, it takes like too long to set up like whatever it is they're setting up True. in the film. So it's not, I mean, you know, as we know, they, it was made under, you know, unimaginable circumstances too. Right. So yeah, we'll see. It's also almost three hours long. <laughs> Everything is three hours. Can't wait for that. <laughs> So that's Avatar. And uh, what else we got? Steven Spielberg on the cover of THR, Joyce? With his that's cast. what I was reading instead of watching Wait, the Avatar trailer. Tell me, what, what was your takeaway on that? Um, you know, the the promo is starting. We're in November. It, it, it opens in limited uh, next Friday. Um, and then wide um, the week of Thanksgiving. But also just like impeccable timing as it were because like yesterday it was like all the news about like Michelle Williams having had her third child because there were photos of her over the weekend. And it's like, we knew she had given birth already because she was like ready to pop at uh, TIFF. Right. Um, but anyway, so it's like, yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they're out promoting it. And this, this THR story, love the headline, Steven Spielberg colon the origin story. <laughs> um, but there's also like a section in here. And I think it's kind of, you know, the cynical part of me feel like it's kind of directed to all the people who have a problem with Michelle going lead from supporting because it's about like how um, Mitzi, her character, which is just an avatar for Stephen's mom, um, gets a lot of shine and a lot of dimension as a character because of what she goes through in the film and just kind of like the having to defy like the social norms of the time and kind of pursue her own happiness. So there's just like a whole section about that in the story. So I read that section and I was like, you know what? I actually think she could win best actress. I, you, you were, you and I both talked about this. I feel like you were more bullish on it when we did originally. Uh, I didn't definitely did not count her out. Like everybody did. I feel like she could win Joyce. She I, really yeah, could. I, I think any of them can win. Like I, I still have Kate and first. I, like, I've always said it's Kate versus the field. And I don't think like, like Kate Blanchett doesn't need a third Oscar. Like I have no issue with her winning a third Oscar, especially for this performance. And I would say, I was thinking about this after I saw Tar, like of the recent um, third Oscar winners, like Frances, um, Meryl and DDL, I would say hers is the best of those like if Didi had won his third for There Will Be Blood, I'll be like, that's that's rough. But he won his third for Lincoln. Meryl won her third for The Iron Lady. Um, Frances won hers for Nomadland. And I love that performance too, but I'm also just like, I don't know if I would have given her a third Oscar for that. But, you know, 
I don't know if I would have either. I think you're right. And I think Kate, I still have Kate winning too, but I was just like reading that. I was like, man, if Fableman's is like a steamroller, there's such a great narrative around Michelle Williams. I could see her winning. I really could. She's, I think that she's really great in the movie and yeah. she gets to do a lot. <laughs> she gets to do a lot. And if they're going to position it as like a respect for motherhood and personhood as a, as a woman, I think mm-hmm. we'll do really go really far for them. I think as like a narrative. Yeah. Um... And I think too, the other thing is, tell me if you think of this, we've seen it before. Kate is playing a difficult character and the, you know, there's always the great sexism of having a, a, if there was a male character, I don't think anybody would question it. But the fact that Kate is a woman playing that character, people would just be like, I don't like her and I don't agree with her. So I'm maybe not going to be into it. And you're not really rooting for her in that capacity. So then maybe someone like Michelle, who is playing a complicated woman, but definitely someone you're going to be rooting for uh, to figure it out, gets a leg up. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before, especially, uh, with the Emmys. Yes, with uh, Sarah Snook. Sarah Snook and also Laura Linney. Yeah. Um, we There's a lot of sexism in Hollywood, Joyce. I don't know if you know this. Never knew that. Yeah, um, it's strange. But also, really strange. Um, yeah, like you might not agree with some of the actions that Michelle's character makes in the film. Like you might judge her for it, but I, yeah, she is a lot more quote unquote likable than yes. Lydia Tarr, even though I do think like the genius of Tar is that like you do find yourself kind of rooting for Lydia too. You do. And I mean, that's yeah. like, this is, we, uh, I think of that with Succession too, is the trick of the show. Like, yeah, like that's why I never understood like, like all the people who are just like, they're assholes. I'm like, yeah, that's why it's great. Because you're actually rooting, rooting for, for the assholes. Yeah. And then you have to like <laughs> reconcile with the fact that you're taking their side and like trying to yeah. be into them. And that's not always, People don't like to be challenged in that regard. No, but. they don't. They like to be spoon fed. Yeah, <clears throat> they, they don't want to think. So, um, but yeah, like I think, like even if you don't like like kind of the things like or like what happens in the movie, like this is like, Steven Spielberg's real life. Like none of the things that happen in the movie, like is a secret. Like no. it's all real, and he's talked about it for decades. Yeah, it's not a spoiler um, movie, even though you it's might not read a spoiler something. movie. Anything that's public knowledge is not a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you might not personally know it, but anything that's already out there is not a spoiler. So, and we'll see how, how Fableman's does. I mean, obviously, like we mentioned, Tar kind of struggled in wide release. Till has struggled in wide release. Armageddon Time struggled in limited release and comes out next week in wide, or this week, excuse me, in wide release. So the audience, the adult audience is not flocking back to the theater's choice for these movies. I mean, I think tar was fine it didn't go super wide like till did and i don't know if that was like the right call for till even though it got the eight plus cinema score which was also expected because yeah people really like till i think and i actually but i think like as we've talked about i think it's just gonna it's gonna be hard to get people to watch it yeah but i think it'll hang around i think people will go see it throughout the season um yeah so We'll see. I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, if you're talking about like best actress in particular, like the box office, like whatever, like no one saw Tammy Faye. No, it, do, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter. And we don't care about the box office. Joyce, we're going to wrap up here, but I have, a, the surprise was a listener question. So I, I set up an email. So you made oh it this God. far and you're watching and you want to have a question for us that you don't want to ask in the comments. You can email to be us. private. Yes. You could email us at slugfests, S-L-U-G-F-E-S-T. Yes. Slugfest. 
Did you they just have right? trouble spelling that or are you just trying to spell that slowly? I was trying to spell it both, honestly. Uh, so slugfest at goldderby.com. Email us and we'll respond maybe one or two every show if you're emailing us. But I got one in the no comments, Joyce. <laughs> got one in the comments. Uh, do you consider Empire of Light's Oscar chances officially DOA as the Fablemans gains momentum? Um... I don't know about that second part. No, I don't think they're really I like connected. I think so. Because I think it's the reason, always been the front runner. <laughs> so I also think the reason people think that is they were both sold as love letters to cinema. That's true. Yes. Um, this is from What's Up in the YouTube comments. What's up? What's up? What's up? Um, so I, we haven't talked about Empire of Light. I saw no. that recently. Yeah. So I had to tell you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah uh, great sets beautiful sets like we said and I yeah like I can I can see getting some nominations um and like maybe Olivia Coleman still has like an outside shot but I I don't think I think like there are elements of that movie um like the elements for like a really really great movie are there in it but it doesn't like click in the right way I I think that's exactly right uh Sam Mendes is a great director, I think. And this is, I think, the first movie that he's written his, on his own. And yeah, because he wrote um, uh, 1917 with uh, Kirstie uh, Wilson Carnes, yeah. right? Who uh, wrote The Good Nurse. Yes. Uh, and I think the issue with the movie, a lot of, it's a lot of great elements that don't always connect and come together. But every in a vacuum, every element is like awesome. Olivia Coleman is really incredible in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she has great. like like a fire Oscar clip. <laughs> really great. And she's talked about how much she like loved working with Sam, like like a gush, like one of her favorite experiences. This is an Oscar-winning actress who's been nominated and won Emmys and all these different things. It's like this is like one of her her favorite experience, seemingly, as like an actress was working on this movie. And it's a great performance. She's it's a great character, I think. And she does a lot of different things. Like you said, there's like at least one massive Oscar clip in the middle of the movie. Uh, I just was so captivated by her. Uh, incredible. The costumes yeah, are like awesome. Her, her chemistry with uh, Michael Ward, I think they they worked well together too. Mm -hmm. um, they, this is not a spoiler. They strike up a relationship. No, <laughs> so. right. Uh, the chemistry with them is great. Michael Ward is great. I had not really seen him in a lot of things at all. So he was a relative newcomer for me. Toby Jones, I think is awesome in his like two or three scenes. Colin Firth plays a giant a-hole incredibly well. Uh, all of that stuff works really well. The costumes are awesome. The, you mentioned the cinematography as like a possible nominee and the score, top level stuff. Production design rules, the theater. Could, I mean, I think I can get in there. Uh, and yeah, I just, I'm like, I think out of Telluride, it's funny, out of Telluride, a lot of the normal audience members were like, I just saw an Oscar winner. That is definitely dissipated as like film Twitter has not been into the movie and the reviews have been like middling, I would say. It's not like nobody seemingly hates it, but the reviews have so far have not been that no. strong. Yeah. Um, I still don't think it's dead. I don't know. I could see getting in. Like we said, there's still 10 slots. And I think yeah. if British um, audiences really like it, like it could get a renewed Like it could bump. get into cinematography and best picture. <laughs> I mean, it could get cinematography, production design and score and best picture very easily, I could say. It's not out of the question. No, I would just say it's, I mean, I don't have it in my 10, um, no. neither do you, right? No. So it's probably just like uh, hang around in that like 11 to 20 range right, right. now in my, I mean, you know, mind, but it's, it is funny, even though like, 
I just kind of made fun of what's up for tagging the Fablemans onto the end. But that's only because like Fablemans has always been the front runner. Right. right. You know, um, but there are a lot of similarities between the two movies, like plot elements in it. Because like, I think, was it, what? I don't even know. When was, when did we see Fablemans? A month ago now when you were like there is like a, an exact scene in the in empire of light yes. as in fablemans when like paul dano in the fablemans like literally opening scene he's explaining to his five-year-old son how um like movies work like how like the people on screen are moving um and like how film works and productions and that there's a scene like that in empire of life of toby jones the exact same conversation like award yeah exactly the same projectionist at the theater um so there is that and then there is um you know this season in general a lot of bullying so yeah there's a lot of uh, racism and bullying yeah a lot of racism bullying and in fablemans it is uh anti-semitism so yeah uh uh and here in empire of light is uh you know racism because Michael Ward obviously is black and right. this is it takes place in uh 1980s England so that that element kind of it kind of awkwardly comes in and out of the movie I felt like so that was why I mean like I'm like I just some of it just doesn't congeal it's yes. like very episodic the movie and some of the episodes work better than others and as a as a as a piece of like what are you trying to say I left it feeling a little confused, but all the elements are there that it's a really, all the elements for it to be a great movie are there. So I think it's like, it just like, just misses that level of great. And that's why I don't have it in. But like I said, the audience, I tell you right, the audience was really, really positive on it. Yeah. Like it's not a bad movie at all. And um, yeah, I'm just surprised. Yeah. I guess I'm a little surprised people have like kind of cooled on it and who knows it could bounce back. It doesn't come out for a, uh, weeks December i think it's in december right yeah so they have plenty of time to get yeah, it. like it could still get a handful of nominations without making best picture yeah and i think those nominations seriously would be in play and it's got some strong reviews i mean richard lawson loved it for vanity fair joyce enter him we he is, give it a he's going review. to bat for that <laughs> yeah so i mean we'll see like when when more people get to see it but i definitely don't think it's doa i i have it like if I had to put it in, like like you said, I think 11 to 15 range right now for me would be where it is. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't actually write these down myself. Like, no. It's just no. like, as I'm thinking it yeah. right now. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, so email us. I'll, I won't spell it out this time because I don't need to embarrass myself further, but slugfests at goldderby.com. And we maybe will answer your question uh, if you'd like. Or you can tell us in the comments how we're wrong. It doesn't, either way, it's fine. No one has ever done that before. So no, just yeah. the most mostly this this that like oh, you're such an idiot. How do you think Tar is about how she's bad? Whatever, Joyce. Uh, that's all I got today. So next week we'll do. So you're going to see Black Panther on Monday, which I'm very excited. I, am. I can't go. Can't see it. But I'm going Friday with the real people. You're going to see it in a crowd. I'm going to see it with a crowd at the Alamo Draft House on Staten Island. Uh, so there you go. Um, so we got that next week. Maybe Glass Onion, finally. We'll see. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. It's a lot to talk about, but we'll do more later. Bye, Joyce. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby.
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.